Get your fill of baseball news and beer reviews at foulballarea.com. Follow our blog for the latest news around the baseball world and read about some of our favorite ballpark beers. Tune into the podcast every Wednesday as we take a deep dive into the topics of the day. Stay connected by signing up for our mailing list or following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Foulball Area. Now, here's today's episode of the Foulball Area Podcast with Matthew Atkins and Trey Lyle. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the Foulball Area Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Atkins, alongside Trey Lyle. And this is our first regular season episode of 2022. We are talking about actual regular season Major League Baseball games today, Trey, because we've had a full weekend of baseball. Opening day was last Thursday. Four full days of baseball over the past weekend. It's been an exciting time. It's been really good getting back into the season, watching baseball every night. I'm just, I mean, I'm, I'm just really happy, really excited that we're at this, this point in the year. Yeah, me too. Uh, this is, you know, a, a really interesting opening week, uh, a couple storylines to look out for, which we'll talk about. And um, yeah, I'm just excited that we have a season at some point. I didn't think this was going to happen and, and it is. So I am definitely excited about that. It's been a fun weekend. A lot of, uh, a lot of rookies coming up, making their debuts, a lot of players making their debuts on new teams it's been a lot of changes a lot of uh, exciting stuff happening over the past weekend we're going to kick things off today talking about the best thing that we saw this weekend this could be just something fun a good play uh, anything that happened on a baseball field the best thing that you saw from this past weekend so uh, for me mine comes from opening day opening night really when the Arizona Diamondbacks were hosting the San Diego Padres. Opening day this year coincided with National Beer Day on April 7th. That's what I was going to (laughs) do. All right, so we've got the same one. Seth Beer of the Arizona Diamondbacks. I'll throw a second one in. Yeah, he hit a home run. He walked off on National Beer Day. A walk-off home run. Yeah, a walk-off home run from Seth Beer on National Beer Day. What a way to kick off the season what a day for him. So that's the best thing that I saw this week, the Arizona Diamondbacks with the walk-off win in game one over the Padres. Well, Matt took mine, but I, I will I will mention the fact that our, our, our alma mater, Virginia Tech, both in baseball and softball, put a 20, 20 runs up. Uh, you know, softball, big wins. Uh, they, they, went to, they took two or three from Florida State. They should have swept them. But uh, a couple of legal pitches late kind of let Florida State back in the game. It was a weird ending to that baseball or that softball game. But, you know, the number five team in the country, Virginia Tech, taking two or three on the road from the number two team in the country is really impressive. And they scored 23 runs, which was the most in their second game. And I think Techs were 21 in their second game in a sweep against a ranked NC State team. So both, they, not, both it, they didn't end up getting the sweep. They lost on, uh, on yesterday. They lost. But yeah, that still was a series good. win. Still, still, both got the series win. Both got the series win. So, which are both impressive. So, we'll I'll throw that in there as as a bonus. Yeah, that was a fun weekend. Um, I mean, the softball team doing great things, beating number two Florida State. They're a national championship contender, and that's they are, they are crazy to think about. And the baseball team, you know, after years of John Chef trying to build this team up into into something good, they're finally seeing the results they've gotten. I mean, their past three weekends, they they beat Notre Dame on Friday night. Notre Dame the leading number 12. college baseball. Yeah. Uh, but they, they beat number 12 Notre Dame on Friday night a couple weeks ago. And then the, the Saturday and Sunday games got canceled due to weather. They beat, uh, got a series win against number 18 UNC on the road last weekend. 
and then a series win against number 21 NC State this weekend. So a couple of a good weekends for Virginia Tech baseball. And, you know, if they're not ranked today when the, the rankings come out later today, then I don't know what to say. People, the national writers aren't paying attention. They're not giving them the respect, but I, I think they'll be ranked when the uh, the D1 baseball and the Baseball America rankings come out later this morning. I right. agree with that as well. Uh, so looking back at the Major League Baseball side of things, Trey, it's only been four games for some teams, three games for some other teams. So a very, very small sample size. But we're going to do this anyway. Uh, if you had to pick your MVP from the past week, who would you give that award out to right now? I'm picking a Yankee. And it, he's complaining my hot take. But uh, it's a man I feel like now owns the Boston Red Sox and, you know, Yankees take two or three from Boston, open the season. Giancarlo Stanton, he looked really good. You know, I, I, I could have gone with Rizzo as well. Both had two home runs in that series in the first two games. Um, but Stanton, you know, is hitting already 385. 385, he already has two homers, as mentioned, four RBIs and a 1.231 on base percentage. So he he, uh, he had a pretty solid weekend. Um for, for the Yankees. So I, I, I'll take Stan, um, uh, a couple other great picks as well, but, uh, give me, give me, uh, give me Giancarlo. All right. A Homer pick, but I can respect it. You got the, the stats. At least to back I it up. Pick, yeah. I, you're going to pick some Braves at this point. I don't No, No, I'm not. I'm not going with the, with the Braves not player. Not at this I'm, point, but some point this season, just yeah, yeah, at some point, probably, uh, I would go with Nolan Arenado, the Cardinals third baseman right now. Uh, in three games, he is six for 12 at the plate with two home runs and seven RBIs. Leads the league in RBIs right now. Also two homers like Giancarlo Stanton. Uh, second in OPS with a 1.788 OPS right now. Only behind Stephen Kwan, the left fielder for the Cleveland Guardians, who is just tearing it up in the first three games of the season. But yeah, I would give my MVP to Nolan Arenado after the, the first weekend. Two home runs, seven RBIs, batting 500. Pretty good way to start off the season. It's a good pick as well. Uh, but the Stephen Kwan guy that I mentioned, who is right above Nolan Arenado, playing for the Guardians. I mean, he's batting 800 so far this year. 1.857 OPS. I mean, this guy's off to a good start. I have got to be honest, never heard of this guy. Um he might be, yeah, he is a rookie, so that's probably why. Never heard of him, but he might be a guy to watch out for in the American League Rookie of the Year race. He was obviously flying under our radar because we didn't mention him last week, but off to a pretty hot start for the Cleveland Guardians. Yeah, absolutely as well. You know, as you mentioned, hitting 800, it is pretty good but uh, for a rookie, but granted, he did play Kansas City, so. All right, and one more thing as we recap the uh, the first weekend of the regular season. Our hot takes, bold predictions, overreactions from the first weekend of baseball. Like I said, only been three games for some teams, four games for a few teams. Very small sample size to go off of for anything. But let's overreact a little bit to what happened this past weekend. What is your hottest take after the first weekend in baseball? All right, I'm going out of left field. I can't believe I'm going to say this. I had very low expectations, but the K-Rod cast was good. Oh, man. 
it was good Uh, let's let's elaborate on that a little bit i didn't watch it i watched the regular espn sunday night i texted you and said i'm gonna watch this and we're gonna review it and i think it was smart they picked the yankees red sox game with michael k you know he he called the first two games of the series for the s network and i think but it was cool to get david ortiz in there they brought roger clements in there you know k asked him about the hall of fame and it was a really good discussion where clements you know talked about he kind of said how he thought he should have been in but it's in the past now and you know, Michael K mentioned how he, you know, you tell Michael K likes the Yankees. So he's talked about how, you know, Rogers never been proven. And, you know, Roger, you know, Roger mentioned how he played the game the right way. But, you know, hearing Roger Clemens talk about how his mentality facing a batter and his how he wanted to call a game was really interesting. You know, this is still one of the greatest pitchers of all time. And also kind of, you know, because they introduced the new uh, pitch Stein ceiling prevention. And he talked about how he hated that. And it, that was a really good discussion. You know, every like a rod was a rod. He, he's okay. Like I enjoyed David Ortiz. They had the president of the Negro league talk about Jackie Robinson. I wish that was a little bit longer. They had, um, you know, the next phenom for the Mariners, uh, Julio Rodriguez in there. And, you know, they got to talk about his parents and, and that was really cool. So I think, you know, they had Jeff Passon at the end and, you know, A-Rod did this weird chart about team discounts and they talked about the judge contract and why judge wouldn't take it down. And, and that was good. So I think for, you know, you don't compare it to the Manning cast because it's different dynamics, but I think it worked. And I think it, it definitely exceeded my expectations and it, there were some boring parts, but I think that comes with the baseball broadcast. And so I, I think it worked. Well, that's good. Uh, I like I said, I didn't watch any of it. I watched the the traditional ESPN broadcast. Um, but my thoughts, booth. my thoughts going into the K Rod broadcast was, you know, the Manning cast worked because they were former players. They're very entertaining. They're people that people want to watch and hear their opinions. People don't really like Alex Rodriguez in the booth that much anymore you know people didn't want him on sunday night baseball so espn moved him to espn too and they pair him with michael k who is a great broadcaster but he's not the kind of celebrity presence that the manning brothers bring to their cast so yeah i didn't have uh high hopes going into it either maybe i'll check it out next week uh it is the braves and padres on sunday night baseball next week so maybe i'll check it out then but, yeah, it'll be interesting when they don't have it, like, because K would go back to the games previously, and, you know, they had David Ortiz to start out. So it would be interesting to see, you know, a series in which Michael K didn't call the first two games, how the dynamics play. But I think as for picking that as the first game was smart. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So good to hear that that is off to a good start. All right, my hot take after the first weekend of the season, Dodgers are overrated. Oh, Dodgers are Someone's overrated. Still upset about Freddie Freeman. They start off the season one and two against Colorado. I mean, the, this is the Rockies that we're talking about, and the Dodgers are this super team, greatest team of all time, best lineup of Major League Baseball, and they start off the season one. How did and the two. Braves start last year? We're not talking about last year. I'm just, just, just answer the question. They started terribly. Okay, they started zero and four. Just. I want to throw that in there. Look, I'm just going off of what I saw this weekend and what we have, and I'm saying the Dodgers are overrated. They're they're just one and two. 
think that uh, after what we've seen, I think it's safe to say they are not going to win the National League West this year. There it is. It's my overreaction. Five bucks on that? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. This is for entertainment purposes only. That's uh, well, that's bold. I mean, yes, disappointing start for the Dodgers. Definitely don't want to go two and one against the Rockies to start out, or one and two against the Rockies to start out. But it's still the best lineup in baseball. They they'll be fine. That that's all. I guess it's a hot take for a reason. So exactly, good job on that. Thank you. I just like to take a hot take that is, I guess, can be right. So that 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 won't be. Probably not, but we'll see. I mean, they uh, they have a series coming up against the Twins this week, and the Twins did not start off so hot either. So maybe they'll get a win or two there. Yeah. Speaking of broadcasting, talked about the, the K-Rod cast. Uh, another headline that kind of came out right after we recorded last week. You know, obviously, Joe Buck, this would have been his last season of baseball at Fox, but um, he left. Uh, he got out of his contract early and, and moved to ESPN, become the voice of Monday Night Football. And so he's done calling the World Series, obviously. And they tab Joe Davis, who was kind of Fox's number two when it came to baseball anyway. Um, he'll be paired again with uh, Matt's guy, Smoltzy, uh, in the booth. And, you know, Joe Davis is filling some big shoes. This is, you know, Joe, Joe Buck called the last 24 World Series. But, uh, I think this guy has plenty of experience because guess who was the one to replace Vin Scully on the Dodgers? Joe Davis. And I think this has got one of the best in the business. It's a really good hire by, by Fox. I mean, you know, they hired internally, but they, it seems like this Joe Davis was poised for this role for, for years now, and he finally gets it. And uh, I think it's, it's going to be a good booth to call the World Series. Yeah, I really like the move. Uh, I've, I've liked Joe Davis since he started with the Dodgers and with Fox Sports. I like him better than Joe Buck. I mean, I'm not a, a huge Joe Buck fan. Um, so I like Joe Davis moving into the, the World Series booth. I think that there'll be a good pairing and that there will be a good broadcast when the World Series comes around in October. But um, yeah, it, it's an interesting move to me anyway, seeing Joe Buck go to ESPN for Monday Night Football. I mean, he's the he was the lead play-by-play man for football and baseball at Fox Sports, and now he's going to ESPN, and he will do Monday Night Football. And for me, anyway, yeah, you know, whatever, you know, it's his career, his decision. He's probably getting paid insane amounts of money, but I wouldn't want to give up calling baseball and the World Series for one football game each week. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's getting paid a lot of money, so. Yeah. <laughs> so go right ahead and, and he's still going to get to call Super Bowl because ESPN is adding into that rotation. So uh, I see why Joe Buck needs to move and it's Monday night football. Like this is not an official world series, but Monday night football is one of the most, you know, iconic positions and football is king in this country. So I, I get why he did it. And I, 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 I think this is kind of a, you know, a, a blessing in the skies for Fox getting the young Joe Davis in there. Who's, who's really good. Like really, really good. You know, I, I think the only other guy I'd probably tap to replace him would be Matt Vestgurgeon. I mean, I guess Bob Costas, because I'd love Bob Costas on those MLB network games, but I, I think you know the best two are probably Davis and Vestgurgeon in play by play in terms of national games. And obviously Vestgurgeon's kind of done with ESPN. So Carl Ravage is taking up, which I like Carl Ravage as well. So yeah, I like him too. 
I, I think there's there's great play 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 by play guys in, in baseball, and and Joe Davis is, you know, young and talented and and deserve deserve this, and and I think his dynamics with Smoltz, we we kind of got to see it um, a couple times over the years because I think uh, when you know Joe Buck called so much for Fox that Joe Davis had to fill in at some points, um, and it showed his ability to kind of do the job. And, and I think it, it's going to be uh, an exciting postseason. We'll see. I think his first big one will be, is the field of dream games before the all-star game. It's one of those two first. So we'll see. I think it's after. So it'll be the all-star game. Probably will be his first. I think off the top of my head. So we'll, we'll see how, how it goes. Cause, uh, cause they, I think they do, uh, you know, Keith Burkhart, you know, for a couple of games and, and the dynamics are fun there. So exciting for Fox. Uh, one more thing that happened right after. Uh, Jose Ramirez and the Cleveland Guardians grew to a five-year, $124 million contract. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but do you want to guess before that contract was signed how much money the Guardians had committed to 2022? Oh, it was not a lot. Yeah. How much? Zero dollars. <laughs> Zero. They yeah. committed zero dollars to this season. Past 2022. Pa- oh, so like past past this season. Okay. Okay. Like next year. <laughs> wow. So that was, but of course, they signed their best player to a hundred five year, $124 million contract. We'll see if he lasts. Um, the way Cleveland is, I, I expect with the money they don't have committed, a, a rebuild is underway. So it, it definitely will be. Interesting to see how the dynamics play out there. Uh, Good for him, though, getting that deadline. contract. He's he's a one of the best players in the league, and he's not a guy that you really like automatically think of. Yeah, yeah, he's not one of the guys that comes to mind automatically when you think of the best players and the best hitters in the league. But he really is. And when you look at the the way he plays and the stats that he puts up, he really is underrated and one of the top guys out there. So good for him getting that contract. And then uh, one interesting thing, you know, what you could have said as a bold prediction is the Padres will throw a no-hitter this year because, you know, they've thrown one no-hitter in the history of their franchise. That was last season. And they had two pitchers throw no-hitters deep into the game to get pulled. And I think, you know, we'll see this dynamic early on because of the lack of string training. Uh, You know, you Darvish had a no-hitter through six. They blew that game. And then Manaya had a no-hitter through seven, got pulled. Luckily, they didn't blow that one. So, uh, that was just interesting to see, you know, the first two games, the Padres were on their way to no hitters and then, you know, losing their first one to the, to the Diamondbacks, which you mentioned the Shane beer uh, walk off home run. And then, you know, the next day they have a no hitter through seven and they pull the pincher. So Padres throwing a no hitter this year. I could see it happening. Um, I mean, yeah, they had, they had one last year, Joe Musgrove throwing the first no hitter in the history of the, the team. So I could see it happening. Um, but, you know, I think you're right that these these pitchers getting pulled while they have a no hitter going is a direct result of the shortened spring training and pitchers not having enough time to get ramped up and get ready for the season to get underway. And so, you know, the teams don't want to take a chance on then getting hurt by staying out there too long and trying to get a no hitter. So they end up pulling them early, which I think, it, you know, it, it's it robs them of a chance at history, but it saves their arm and keeps them on the roster and healthy. So I think it's the right call. Um, According to stats, the Padres are the only team in the modern era to have their starter pitch six plus innings without allowing a hit 
in back-to-back games at any point in the season. So pretty impressive stat there for the Padres. I think that we'll end up seeing a no, probably a few no-hitters this year. I mean, we had a lot last year. It seemed like every week there was a no-hitter for a while there. But I think that it's very possible we could see the Padres end up with another one this season. Yeah, I I completely uh, – that almost was my bold prediction, but I feel like that's – Not bold enough? <laughs> I don't, yeah, it's like the way baseball is, as a, a cat is injured or Zoom, uh, it, it is uh, – it, it's kind of too hard to uh, to say. But that was just interesting to see the first two days for the Padres. Uh, any any more news and notes? I, I, ju- I just went through uh, a couple of mine that, that I had. I don't know if you got to watch any of the uh, Angels games this weekend. They were playing a series against the Astros, hosting the Astros in Anaheim. But I'm just not too confident in them. I mean, they played well. The Astros are a very good team. So, I mean, there's no shame in in losing to them. But I just don't know that the Angels are going to be able to pull it together this year. And it's sad because... Like we've talked about, they have the two best players in the league in Shohei Otani and Mike Trout. So it'd be really nice if they could actually start winning some games here sometime and start having some success on the field. But I just don't know that this is going to be their year. Yeah, it shows the dynamics of baseball, how, you know, one player can't kind of carry a team. Um, and, yeah, I want the Angels to win, like, yeah, I want the Angels to win. It's just kind of sad to see it. I got in a lot of arguments this week between me saying how Mike Trout's still the best player in baseball and people saying Otani is. So, you know, it, it was it was quite interesting. Uh, some more history from that series this weekend. Shohei Otani is the first player in Major League history to both throw his team's first pitch of the season and face his team's first pitch of the season as a hitter. So pretty interesting fact there from Shohei Otani continuing to make history on the baseball field for the angels. Yeah, it's definitely, he's one of the most fun players to watch in the last 50 years. So it's going to be fun if trout and Otani can stay healthy, whether they win or don't win games, just to watch, you know, two generational players play the game of baseball. It just sucks. They play for the angels and not for a, you know, good team. All right, well, that's a recap of the first weekend in baseball. We got a full week of Major League Baseball games coming up this week. A couple of good series to watch out for. The Blue Jays taking on the Yankees in New York. That should be a good one. Uh, I mean, like we said last week, the Blue Jays are my World Series favorite. The Yankees are obviously a World Series contender as well. So any matchup between those top four teams in the American League East this year is going to be a series to watch. So Blue Jays at Yankees this week, starting tonight at 7.05. Mets and Phillies, those are two teams in the NL East that are predicted to be pretty good and could give the Braves a run for their money in that division this year. That game kicks off at 6.45 tonight. Should be a couple of good series there. And then coming up this weekend, the Braves will be playing the Padres. And we will get Cardinals Brewers, Angels Rangers, Astros Mariners, good series all around i'm just really excited that we're back in baseball season and we've just you know it's baseball is on tv all the time it's ah it's great i'm excited i've been watching it like nonstop. i'm sure mariah has not been very happy about it but it's been a great time well i uh i've uh, i got to see a fight in person this weekend at the nascar races but i 
I was watching as much as I can. Got to watch the Yankee, uh, two of the Yankees games. Um, there it was on FS1 before the rate before the broadcast of the race on Saturday night. So it's been fun, uh, trying to catch as much as I can. You know, during work, I've been watching a couple games, watched you know, opening day for the Yankees, and so, uh, it, it's definitely been fun times to watch. I was watching as much baseball and masters this past weekend to go along with me being at Martinsville. So it was, uh, it was fun and I'm excited. Baseball's back. I'm excited. We are getting back to a normal schedule because we are adjusting. And, uh, other than having to get up a little bit earlier on Mondays, I am, uh, I'm enjoying seeing your face and, uh, talk baseball with you. That will do it for this episode of the foul ball area podcast. As always, you can connect with us at Matkins in the news at Trey Lyle VT at Foul Ball Area, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. As always, leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Foul Ball Area Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Foul Ball Area Podcast. Make sure to leave a review and a rating wherever you get your podcast, and subscribe so you get new episodes as soon as they come out.